Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you about a new case study that I'm kicking off in 2021. I will also go on a little bit of a tangent and and share uh, another case study that I worked on for a little while, and hopefully I'll do a better job on this one. I think I will. I have some other components in play, some other accountability things that will help me stay on target with this case study. So I'll let you know the goal of the overall case study. I'll also give you sort of historical information about the site, where I got it. I'll let you know some of the recent analytics in 2020 and historical information that I have available, plus the overall plan for the site. Additionally, I have a a blog post over on my blog niche site project that has a little bit more detail and probably will have some graphics that you'll find interesting if you want to dig deeper into the baseline analytics and earnings. So pretty excited about this one. So let's just get into it. The overall goal is to grow the revenue on the site. So not not really too specific. And I'm going to explain some of the ideas around that too. But obviously, I want to grow the site and get more traffic, get more revenue. And it is very easy for us to set goals on traffic or revenue, but it's really hard to, like I guess, track those and make sure you get the exact goal that you are aiming for. It's hard to trace back an ROI because there are so many external variables. So I typically will set some sort of a goal, right? You got to aim for something, but then I will take that and reverse engineer it into more of a system goal. I can control implementing a system and doing the work. And in many ways, that portion of the project, the doing the work portion, the implementing the system, those are the leading indicators. The lagging indicators are the traffic and the revenue. Those again have basically infinite number of variables that I really don't have any control over. So for me, it's easier to focus on those systems and hope that I'm, I mean, I know I'm aiming in the right direction. And and by the way, I guess I should define a leading indicator. Those are considered to point toward future events. So the leading indicators point towards the future and the lagging indicators are seen as confirming a pattern that is in progress. And I will reference Investopedia out there for that straight up definition. But basically the lagging indicators, that's what you see after you've done the work. So after you've done the work, you'd see traffic and revenue go up and you get confirmation that, hey, you were doing the right stuff. Luckily, we have a pretty good idea on the stuff to do that will move us in the right direction. So overall, the goal is to earn more money here. Again, it's the sexy lagging indicator goal. And if I just had to throw a number out here, it'd be great to 5x the revenue. Don't worry, I'll let you know the current revenue. 5xing the revenue will be a tall order considering the amount of work that's going to be done. But I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility. In fact, the earnings are pretty modest right now. So big percentage increases are possible. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was an 8 or 10x increase in the earnings. The system goal is much easier 
again, I'm going to add more content and add more backlinks. So in general, the goal here is to publish about 320,000 words of content in about 140 articles or so, 139 in 12 months. Most of the blog posts are going to be around 2,000 to 2,500 words long, probably on average 2,300. And I'll explain more of the plan coming up here. But basically, if the site earns more money, I'm going to be pretty happy. Now, the background of the site is kind of interesting. I have a nice position where I have a lot of contacts in various uh, you know, stages of their entrepreneurship career with niche sites and affiliate marketing. And this particular site I bought from a student. She was one of my first success stories out of my course, Five Figure Niche Site. And basically her other site was doing really well. It was a bigger site. She was making more money on it and it was growing faster. Plus it was an area that she was more interested in. So the site that I bought, she started in roughly March of 2015 as one of her first sites. It had ups and downs over the years. And basically it was making about $150 per month in 2019. It usually earns a lot more than that in the retail season, like November and December. But on average in 2019, it was making about 150 bucks per month. And generally I like sites that are sort of in that range where if you're going to purchase them, they're not super expensive. I luckily know how to grow sites that are in that kind of sweet spot where they're out of the sandbox. They have some traction, but they're not making whatever, $10,000, $15,000 a month and really, really kind of expensive. You know, I, I would prefer to buy something that is sort of undervalued, maybe has a lot of potential to grow. And then I have the skills to help it grow. So I made an offer of $4,000 on this particular site. It was a direct sale because I knew the person and there was a lot of trust between us. We've known each other for a few years. And if you do the math, and if I did the math correctly, I paid a monthly multiple of about 26.6, which is roughly average. I mean, you'll see higher and lower. And with that monthly profit of $150 per month, you multiply that by 26.6 and you end up with $4,000. Now, since it was a direct sale, we didn't have to pay broker fees or escrow or anything like that. And that normally can amount to you know 10%, 15% roughly, maybe a little bit more. And there's just a, a little more inefficiency in the communications. I just worked directly with a buyer or with a seller. So we just emailed each other or hopped on Skype and chatted and then made the deal. I think if I remember right, maybe I paid half up front. She transferred over the domain and I moved it over to my site or hosting or whatever. And then I paid the rest after like a day or two. I knew the earnings were coming in. I could see the traffic. So I knew it was good to go. And some other details about the site when I bought it, and this was at the end of 2019. So I think I probably got it in the middle of December of 2019 or so. There were only about 10 links going to the site. They were all natural. They're organic links. Uh, no link building had been done. 
I think the domain rating is something like six or eight. It was definitely under 10 and there were 26 articles, six of them informative and 20 of them product reviews. Most of those product reviews were direct uh, products, by the way, not best of type articles where there are multiple products reviews, reviewed, but just one product, like I'm looking at my, uh, my camera here. So it would just be a review on a Canon T7i camera. That would, that would be the review article. So I bought it um, right at the very end of 2019. I added eight new articles from May through June of 2020. And I meant to add the content sooner, like right at the beginning of the year, but I got a little bit behind and that just kind of got pushed out. So it was really the middle of the year before I added a lot more content. Now, I did, however, improve the existing content using ideas in Site Growth Plan, which is my course on growing a site. This was mainly around content. So I fixed any grammar issues, any formatting issues. I added FAQs to each post, internal links to and from each post, and I replaced old or out of stock items as well. So that took a little time. And that is something that I worked on almost immediately. I mean, I'm, I think it may have been late January of 2020 when I got into that. But overall, I made those improvements pretty quickly. And my site growth plan course covers a few different areas, but those are the easiest wins most of the time. Fix the existing content, improve that existing content. The great news is traffic in 2020 was up 40% over the traffic in 2019. So earnings went up as well. Not as much because the Amazon commission rate change in 2020 back in April hurt the earnings for the majority of the year. So currently there are 34 articles on the site and about 60,000 words of content. And that includes the content improvements plus the new content. So right now, we're dealing with 34 articles and about 60,000 words. And I guess we can get into some more details on the analytics. In 2020, the site earned about $2,600. There were about 3,300 visitors per month, and that's about 109 visitors per day. And I, th I guess when you, you multiply that out or divide it out, that is about six and a half cents per visitor. So hopefully I did that math right. No one is going to send me angry emails. I mean, we're just multiplying and dividing here. So I think I got that right. And for a little bit more information, in 2019, the site made about $1,600 total over the whole year. And it got about 2,368 visitors per month. That's about 77 visitors per day and about 5.6 cents per visitor. So we, we do have some interesting data here. And the overall plan for growing the site is adding a ton of content. So it's pretty cool. I am working with brand builders and they're gonna help me execute the system of you know, content and promoting the site. The overall goal is to publish 321,000 words of content in about 139 articles. 
So in the first month, our target is to publish 57 words of new content. And each month after that, our target is 24,000 words. So initially we'll be targeting low competition keywords. Some of these are gonna be KGR, but we're gonna go outside KGR. In fact, I encourage that right off the bat just because the site's out of the sandbox. I published new content in 2020 and it ranked pretty readily. So I wanna be a little more aggressive and go after more competitive terms and higher search volumes. So shout out definitely to brand builders. I'm looking forward to, you know, the partnership of, you know, working with them. So it's been pretty cool so far. And we'll sort of go over like this month zero because we're right at the beginning. They haven't uh, delivered, you know, too much yet other than like a plan. So I have interviewed Brady who helped me kick off the project. So he came to me with this idea and I thought it sounded pretty interesting, but I wasn't quite sure about all the details. Honestly, I say no to most of the ideas that come my way, any proposals, basically to protect myself because I tend to take on more projects than I should. And uh, honestly, some of the, the partners that are out there don't really, I mean, we're not we're not working on on the same uh, kind of projects and I'm just not interested. Sometimes I just take on too much, but a lot of times it's just better if I say no or at least really scrutinize whoever it is. So that's what I did with Brady here and he, he did a fine job. And the thing is, I wanted to do more with this site, but I just didn't make it a priority in the course of 2020. And I told Brady, come back with a specific set of objectives and deliverables. I really want to understand what we want to do here or what brand builders had in mind. And that's where we arrived at the initial goals for content and then the, basically the monthly goals as well. So I know at one point we were planning on adding about 10 new links um, in the first month. And then each month after that, continue to do some link building. At this point, I'm not 100% sure what we're gonna do with the link building. I know the fact that there's hardly any links is kind of a good opportunity for us to promote the site more, but I'm not really concerned about the link building plan here in the short term. So once Brady and I figured out what we were gonna do and made sure we were all on the same page, he introduced me to the COO over at Brand Builders named Emil. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right, Emil. And Emil sent over an SEO analysis and a report. It was very thorough. It was probably more, more analysis than I've done on the site in a very long time, probably since I, I bought the site. So he ran a site audit on hrefs. So there were several things to fix. Currently, the health score is about 61 on hrefs, and there are a handful of things that need to be fixed. So number one, there are 48 different pieces of content that don't have a meta description at all. Now, I'll come back to that in a second, and you, you'll obviously hear 48. Well, I thought there were only 34 pieces of content. So that includes any of the like legal pages or the 
other pages that are, are just there, but don't really have any uh, review content or informational content. There are nine orphan pages, which means there are no incoming internal links. A pa- I guess there are six in- instances of a page that has a no follow and do follow links uh, that are internal coming to the page. So I imagine those are probably like the affiliate disclaimer, maybe a couple other pages like that. There are three 404s and a page has um, broken links to it somewhere or another. And fixing those issues will increase the health scores reported by Ahrefs. But to be honest with you, the that like score, that health score is just a metric from Ahrefs. So hopefully if those things are fixed, that'll improve the SEO and then the rankings will improve. So one thing that I have struggled with is the meta description. So basically, in my opinion, the meta description doesn't matter that much. However, I want to be proven wrong and we'll see how it goes because basically a mills team is going to, you know, fix those five issues or so on the site. They ran the audit. They just needed approval. So I approved exactly what they wanted to do, exactly what the audit and HREF's analysis told us. And the thing with the meta description is Google just takes whatever they want, right? Google just snag something from the page depending on whatever the search query is and then they'll slam it into the SERPs. So if people aren't familiar, that meta description used to be like very, very, very important and whatever you put in the meta description would be displayed in the search engine results so that it enticed or hopefully let the searcher know that was exactly the kind of post that they wanted to read. So if they search for best DSLR for YouTube videos, and then the meta description was, are you a YouTuber and you're looking for the best DSLR for the money and all the options you want, you'll probably click on that one because it is exactly what you're looking for. But in recent years, Google would just take whatever they wanted. Now. My theory was, well, Google's taking whatever they want. It doesn't really matter what you put in the meta description. They've already made an evaluation. However, HREF still tells you, hey, be sure you fit out, fill out this meta description. Additionally, I've heard other very smart SEO experts say you should fill those out. And the only thing I could think of is it does give Google more of an idea of what you want to be displayed and maybe more of an idea of what the content is on the page. But as I say that out loud, I'm thinking Google is already making so many assumptions about the content and the searcher intent. I don't, I just feel like it's not going to matter. So I haven't filled out a meta description in years. I really haven't filled one out in years. I basically write the first sentence of the content to be what I would want the meta description to be anyway. Because back in the day, if you didn't put a meta description in your uh, like a SEO meta description field, it would just take the first 
whatever 155 characters or whatever it was. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The other stuff, yeah, that's legit. Orphan pages, those need to be taken care of. If there are do follow incoming internal links, but the page has a no follow tag, you know, that's something to look at, but I don't I don't think those are going to make a huge difference. Now, once the issues on the health score and those little SEO components are fixed up, Emil and his team are going to be publishing those 57,000 words, and I think it's about 20-some-odd articles or so. The cool part with that kind of amazing part is they're going to essentially double the content. As I mentioned, there's about 60,000 words currently, and the site's out of the sandbox. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a, a pretty big jump in the search console as far as the number of impressions and hopefully clicks over to the site. Obviously, we'll, we'll hopefully see an increase in traffic as well. Now, when we take a step back, basically, I'm just saying, hey, we're, we're going to fix up some of the issues. We are going to publish a whole lot of content on the site we're going to essentially double it in the first month. And then each month after that, we're going to be adding roughly 10 new articles of about 2,000 plus words. So pretty significant amount of work being done. And as I, I mean, I, t- I talk to a lot of people, I hear from a lot of people that are listeners that are viewers on YouTube. And there's a lot of people that embark on a big project like this where it's a pretty significant capital investment and essentially you're looking for some positive results coming out of the gates, you're hopefully going to see a good trend. Now, it's a little tough if you are starting a brand new site because you will have to wait for the sandbox to end. But if you have an established site and you're you're seeing some traction and you're just doing more of what is working well, you're most likely going to see really good results. So hopefully I can give some folks confidence to invest you know, more in content and promotion. I mean, I, I believe link building and promoting the site is a very important piece as well. I think you know, getting things right, again, going back to the health score, making sure everything is in the right um, state before you start adding more content is pretty important too. And then of course, we're not gonna make any of those mistakes again. So any of the new content will have a meta description tag on there. One thing I forgot to mention is in December of 2020, the site made about $500. So that's kind of the, I guess the, the most, the baseline max earnings per month over the last couple of years here. So that's pretty cool. And as I mentioned, I I think it's probably in the realm of possibility to 5X the revenue. So potentially in December of 2021, assuming no you know huge commission rate changes, it's well within the realm of possibility to hit you know 2,500 bucks in December. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a lot more than that considering the amount of content that will be added and the amount of work that will be done. I'm not, you know, I can't read read the the tea leaves. I can't see the future, but it, it, I've seen this done several times. I've coached a lot of people to do this and I've done, 
a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of this on my own sites too. So I kind of wanted to, you know, make it acceptable, you know, make it something not necessarily easy, but you know, if I say something too crazy, there's a good chance I'll be disappointed. You know, if I'm like, Hey, I want to 20 X the revenue. I mean, it's possible. I'm sure there's some competitor sites out there that are making a lot more, but that is the problem with those earn more money goals, those lagging indicator goals, because when you set them and you hold on to them a little too close, you're going to get disappointed. There, it's almost certain that whatever my goal is, it's going to be off a little bit. So a lot of times the, the main idea, like, you know, the first time that I was testing out the keyword golden ratio and I, I was like, Hey, I'm going to publish 200 articles in as fast as I can. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but once I get going, I'm going to keep pouring gas on the fire here. And basically the site grew much, much larger than I could have expected, but I only focused on getting the content out. Now, one thing I monitored was the sort of micro lagging indicators. So I didn't get the full picture of how well the KGR was going to work and how well the content was going to rank and convert in general. But after the first month or so, I saw more traffic on the site. I saw earnings up a little bit, you know, enough to make me think this is trending in the right direction. I'm going to keep doing this. And by the way, I'm going to accelerate the process and do more. I'm actually going to publish more content than what I thought I was going to initially. So hopefully we'll see that sort of thing as well. So shout out to brand builders. I will put a link in the description so you can get over to them. And I am an affiliate for brand builders. So I get a commission if you do sign up for them. And any, any, any of the things that you could buy, they have a few products over there, which I'll probably get a few details about coming up. So the tangent I was going to tell you about is my history with case studies, which it's kind of lousy when I, when I think about it, I'm getting better though. I think I'm getting better. So early on, I think probably in 2014 or so, I was going to do a case study on expired domains and I hardly knew what I was doing, unfortunately. And SEO was changing uh, pretty rapidly at that point as far as link building and what was working with link building. So my plan was to get two expired domains and then two fresh domains. And then I was going to basically publish content on two different niches. And, you know, one niche, we'll call it niche A, was going to have an expired domain and a new domain and same thing with niche B. That way I would have like two sample sets instead of just doing like one case study, I was going to have two sites or sorry, two different trials running in parallel. And that way, hopefully I would see that expired domains were more effective and would rank more quickly and that sort of thing. The unfortunate part was I started building links using private blog networks and other gray hat SEO techniques, which I don't do anymore. Although I hear they're still effective. Google was really cracking down on them back in 2014. 
So I don't even know how much I spent, but I published a pretty decent amount of content, many thousands of thousands and tens of thousands of words on these four different sites. And within a few months, under six months, I would say all four of them were penalized. They got the manual penalty over on the Google search console and they were like dead in the water. All right. So that case study, I was kind of tracking along. I think I was doing monthly updates and then they eventually just went sour. The whole thing went south and I was like, oh, you know what? I got to regroup and uh, maybe do things a little bit differently. In 2019, I had this great idea to buy a done for you site and then outsource uh, just about everything I could. So uh, keyword research, content, link building. And that was a very popular case study. And I did a pretty decent amount of work on it from, I would say, July to October of 2019. I actually did outsource everything. I kept track of things for a while. And the site actually kept growing all the way up until April or May of 2020, maybe up until May of 2020. And then the algorithm update killed the traffic. The traffic dropped by about 40% or so, 40-50%. That also corresponded with the commission rate change that Amazon had. So essentially the site was growing even though I kind of stopped doing any work on it in October of 2019. It grew for several more months before the algorithm didn't like the site anymore. So that was, that was a little bit of a bummer. And the thing is, I feel like the trajectory of growth was so positive that if I would have kept on working on it and, and kept, even if I didn't publish as much content, but if I kept publishing some content, kept getting some backlinks, it would have kept growing. And the thing is, I just got a little busy and a little bored. So I just didn't keep up with it. So... I consistently got emails. Hey, what, what's going on with the site? Is it still going well? Uh, currently, I think the site's probably making $20 or less per month. It still gets traffic. And I think it actually got a bump in traffic in the December 2020 algorithm update. And that's kind of what I was hoping for, that things would just like shift back and it would start growing a little bit. But it is a site where I think in the future, similar to this project, this case study that we introduced today, basically, I think adding more content to the site would probably kick it back off. I mean, I I think it's a great niche. It's rich with products. There's a lot of different people in the audience. So there's a wide range of, uh, I guess, not just physical products, but there's a wide range of digital products of, as well that would be you know pretty profitable. So uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't have any plans to go back to that site in the near term, but it's sitting there waiting and you know making a few dollars per month. So this case study should go much better, much more consistent. And part of the reason is the the partnership with uh, brand builders. So I'm accountable to to brand builders to keep reporting and keeping things up to date. Plus they make it easy because they're managing the whole process for me. They're making it easy for me to implement this system. 
So with that said, if you have questions, if you have any thoughts on this case study, let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. I would really appreciate you know, any anything. If you're like, hey, I'm excited for it. If you think it would be interesting to do uh, some sort of a technique or something like that, let me know. Um, or if you have questions, of course, that'll be perfect for other episodes and upcoming episodes. I plan on... I plan on publishing one episode per month at least on the podcast here covering this case study. I need to come up with a cool name for it. Currently, the working title on the blog post that I have on Niche Site Project is Site Growth Case Study, which is kind of the name that an engineer would come up with, which is the fewest number of words (laughs) with the most literal description of what you're doing. So I may have to come up with something cooler, but there's a good chance I won't. So this is the site growth case study. And the the other thing is I am probably doing another case study where I'm coaching someone to grow their site. So I haven't released any details on that, but that will probably take a different approach where it's not just focused on more and more content, it'll be focused on different revenue models and different promotion techniques just in general. I think that one potentially could be even bigger. It could grow uh, much bigger than the site that I'm I'm working with here. And if you are wondering, hey, what is the site? That's one thing I won't reveal. I tend to keep these case studies in my sites as private as possible. I know I can't you know, erase all of my footprints that I somehow leave around the world, but I do try to keep them private since I'm, you know, interested in earning money from the site, not just, you know, selling products elsewhere. I know a lot of times um, when people have case studies out there, they are, you know, selling their software product, they're selling hosting, they're selling a theme, they're marketing something else. And in this case, you know, I want to earn money from the site. And that's, that's important to me to keep it, keep it private. So if you ask that, that, that's the reason why I am not revealing the domain name here. All right. Well, I will leave it at that for today. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it. And I think that's awesome. I want to let you know about some courses that I have. First is Multi-Profit Site. It's a step-by-step framework to start a site. Beginning at keyword research and competition analysis. And we move into publishing content, outsourcing, and promoting the website. And it even goes deeper into creating an email list, using it for marketing, of course, and making more money, and even selling your site. Now, if you already have a site and you're looking to grow it, i.e. get more traffic and get more revenue, then check out Site Growth Plan, which helps you assess where your site is currently, execute a gap analysis so you know what you need to work on and in what order. It'll help you prioritize and execute in the most efficient way. Next is Haro Link Building, and that shows you how to get started and get white hat links with media outlets at virtually no cost. Well, other than your time, 
Yes, your time is very valuable, but these links are great and even Google can't ignore them. They can't help but like it. The course teaches you the basics of Haro, how to submit pitches to media outlets that are actually requesting them, plus how you can outsource the whole process and put it on autopilot. One of the units even covers how to turn the process upside down and using Haro as a reporter yourself. The reverse Haro technique helped me land some amazing backlinks in even less time than I thought was possible. You can go to courses.nichesiteproject.com to see the course offerings and some other things that I'm working on that helps support this podcast and feed Georgie the Border Collie. And it does help pay for some delicious craft beers, and that's for me. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates.